Can you play that uh that that song I asked you to play before? Depends which one. The first one you mentioned. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that guy. Are I we, are we going for a ride? We might. We might be going for a ride. <laughs> I can't hear nothing. Well, we're going to remove you. So you Yo. can't hear nothing. Yeah, can wait, can you hear me now? What is this crap? This is what we call live streaming, I'm, brother. I can't hear shit. Put on headphones. Okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm text you. What is this? <laughs> okay, I heard that. He can hear me, but you can't hear search. Yeah, I can't hear search. That doesn't make any sense at all. I don't search. Know speak why. up. See if maybe one two one two one two. I love I love that we had no way to test this before. Nope. <laughs> the general the general Would guy. You I'm not muted. I'm not mooted. I'm not zooted. I'm not booted. None of that. I'm official like I a rep with a whistle. Shit. That's so sad. Not that. Pumice, why can Yeah, Damn, try that. Meth gets the gas phase. Now try. One, two, one, two. Meth, can yeah, you hear me now? Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to hey. just let go. I'm going to let go. Can you control everything now, Pumice? Yep. I'm just letting go. It. I just all I want to see is me and my man Meth. That's it. Meth is in the dark. I'm I can't play spark. music if you do that. I, I just need him, his face and my face. That's it. All right, no more music. All right, thank you. Method Man is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Meth. I love that photo. Who is the photographer who did that photo behind you? Black I and white. No idea, but the artist, I don't I, somebody gave me this from overseas. I just took it and hung it up. Red um, man on the other wall. I think that I believe the photographer was a guy named Jonathan Mannion, who you and I both know very well. Oh, okay. um, yep. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for joining us. I yes, I truly appreciate it. Um you look like you're in your bat cave and you look comfy uh, yeah. in in the uh in the tightness of the coronavirus. How are you holding up during the, the midst of all of this? I'm chilling. Honestly, staying out of trouble. Um I honestly this is brand new for everybody, so I'm just taking it one day at a time. I mean, I don't really see you out and about like that. You you seem to be a homebody. That's pretty much your MO anyway, right? Yeah. I'm kind of like a extroverted and introvert. Was it difficult for you? to get out of that shell when Wu-Tang first started. I mean, I mean, no. I, I, you know, I understand the comfort of being in the studio and ramen with your people. No, I was always outgoing okay. as far as uh, performing goes. Um, some of the other guys needed to get their asses from out the background and, and, and come up in the forefront. But I never had that problem performing in front of people. It's just that. I got pretty decent people skills. It's just, I don't know. People, I don't know. I just like my my space. I just like my space. That's just me. What was your earliest memory of, of being on stage? Mm. Damn. I mean, were you one of these kids that always like performed in front of your aunts and uncles and your mom and like nah. one of those kids? Okay. No, damn, this shit is dark as hell. Wait a minute. Why come the camera's doing that? Wait, what? I don't like this shit. You're, you're, what it's because you're sitting in the back cave. You're sitting in, in the darkness. 
Yeah. See how nice and bright I am? It's because I'm the white devil and you're the God. Come on, man. This good. No, the camera, I mean, like, I can't center this motherfucker. Are you on your, what what camera are you on? Are you on your phone? Like your iPhone camera? My phone, yeah. So you need to just turn on a light in, in your back. You need like a, like a light. A light? Yeah, you need like to put on a light either in your room or open up a window. Something. Yeah. Oh, turn on the damn light. Okay. I got you. I hope you're wearing pants. I, I'm wearing pants. I am wearing, I'm wearing pants. Pa- I'm wearing pants too. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll show and prove if you need me to show and prove. I'm wearing pants. <laughs> I'm wearing pants. I got my pants on, Brody. I got my I got my heart. I got my heart shirt on because I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, well, a lot so- of people have been doing these interviews. I mean, like professionals. They've have on the suit jacket, the shirt, and the tie, but shorts on. Yeah, you saw that guy on MT on Good Morning America, right? He got caught with yeah. his. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that wasn't even the worst of it. Somebody was either, somebody was taking a shower in the back or taking a shit. Yeah, no, there was also the guy in. Did you see the guy in Italy who was the? Uh, he was like the Good Morning America. He was like the Michael Strahan, and while he was on, his mistress. Yeah. Walked across the street, butt ass naked. That's crazy. The floor, and his <laughs> wife was like, "Yo, who's that chick?" Right. Why they were they were. Cor- they were separated uh, because of quarantine, and he was <laughs> and he was hemmed up with a girl he worked with. So the girl he worked with was staying with him, yeah. and while he was doing his thing, she walked behind him, butt ass naked. Wow! So she wasn't supposed to be staying with him. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't think she was supposed to be with him. Period. Like I don't wow. think. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that was supposed to be the mo at all. So he went on his apology tour? No, no. I think he went on the get my lawyer on this real quick tour. Sounds about right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I always believe the philosophy is cheaper to keep her. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to get him up in any, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not trying to get caught up in any bullshit. Like, I have an amazing queen. She mm. has done nothing but hold me down since high school, middle school. I mean, I've known my wife Chantel since she was 17. You know yeah, what I mean? Like very nice lady. I met I met the young lady myself. Very nice. You guys look great together. Yeah, I'm 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 you know, it's it's all her. Like I'm you know, you see what this face looks like. My wife is uh, you know uh, what I mean? Like, you know. But sir, um you are, first of all, sir, you're an icon. Very well, humble. You, very, very humble dude. Thank you, brother. And but your 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 heart and soul and blood is full of hip hop. Please believe that shit. Can't nobody it, take No, there's no brother. there's no doubt. And and what I love about being who I am and, and where I'm from is I feel like the Forrest Gump of New York City hip hop. Like I was everywhere when shit was going down. Like I remember yeah. when RZA and Genius for first moving their Prince Rakim demo. Like I saw RZA outside of Tommy Boy with That's Genius great. when Genius had just put out his record on on Cold Chillin'. Ooh, we love you, Rakim. And the words from a genius, right? Right. That's exactly right. (laughs) And that's also when, and Boogie Down Productions was a group called 2112. And they were signed to MCA. Oh, shit. And Kid and Play were the Fresh Force, and they were signed to Select Records, and they had a record called She's a Skeezer. Oh, shit. 
Wow. Yeah, so it's like I remember, like that was my shit. Like I would go to Staten Island, right? Like when I would go to Staten Island, and I would hear um, there was a dude. Uh, I can't. I think his name was Grandmaster Reggie Reg, and there was another dude. But the, I remember being at a park jam because I was there with Cupmaster DC from Brooklyn, ah, and he had that. right. So he had two dudes that he used to tour with. And we went to Shaolin, we went to a show, and Rakim was there, and Genius were there, and they were performing, but they were like this brother group, and it was before they even put out a record, they were just doing like that double trouble shit, double trouble, trouble, double, you know, they were just like two young brothers just rhyming, and I, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just soaking it all, I just feel so, I felt so humbled and uh, to be allowed to see this, because the only white people around were the police. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, the only, I, so I felt so humble, like just being allowed to be there, you know, right. and right. to be allowed to be seen and, and, and be a part of it, you know? You know and what, hip hop oh, welcomed everybody with open arms, but you're right. There were, you know, some knuckleheads that was more or less like, look here, white boy, what you doing? <laughs> that's, <laughs> exactly, that's exactly <laughs> But the majority of us welcome dudes with open arms, man. For real, G, you know that. Yeah. No, and, and it's and it's funny because um, I was hearing that you got a crew called the Juke Clan, right? The Juke Clan? The Juke Clan? No, they yeah, started that themselves. That's Seth Rogen and those dudes. They okay, started so, themselves. But you went to, what is it, high school with Remedy, right? You went to high school with Remedy when he was first coming out. No. I didn't oh, okay. high school with Remedy. I was in New Dorp High School, man. I don't know if Remedy went in that year because I only went one year. Okay. Uh, 85, I didn't make it to 86. Got you. And by that time, I had already dropped out and shit. Um. So, but if Remedy was there, I mean, God bless. I mean, I I couldn't I couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, by it that was, time, right? I, I, it was more or less like I just hated school, man. I'm I'm just keeping it a buck because the the school system that I came up in, for one, it wasn't interesting enough for us to be involved, and the teachers weren't that good. Just my opinion, you know. There are some great teachers out there. By the time I got to high school, I say one teacher really stuck out to me and 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 was so impactful in my life that I basically went and got my GED because of this lady. Her name was Toby Greenzang. She passed away a few months ago. Uh, Concord High School. Very nice lady. We had her one through four, and she took all the worst students in a school that was already bad. In a school for bad students, she took the worst of the worst in her class. And I'm kidding, man. She used to come in my hood to pick me up for school in the morning. Bad, bad, bad. Come downstairs. Go. What? My mother loved her. Um, Yeah, she passed away, though, but she's the reason why I got my GED. But all in all, the hours, I didn't like the hours of school. Second, it was just, you could tell that they were just there to get their job done like a construction worker does. We're just going to move this here to there. It's a routine. Then I'm going home. It was no real interaction with the kids. It was rare that you had someone that really interacted with the kids. One other teacher was Mr. Halley. He, um, right. he, shout he, uh, Mr. Halley. yeah, shout to Mr. Halley, uh, IS-49. 
dang, now I, now I found another teacher. My sixth grade teacher in Long Island, she used to have comic book club at the end of school. Oh. But we could, um, instead of us reading the books during class, right. she would hold a class after school and let us create our own comic books. Then she would do these assignments where we got to draw, but it would be about the Renaissance or the Dark Ages. And we made real books with binders and all that shit. A very great, very good teacher right there. And if your table had perfect attendance, she would take you, she would take your section. It would be groups of four of us. She would take your section to uh, lunch or some shit like that. We never got that, but whatever, whatever. did you um how long did you live in long island for i lived in long island back and forth uh half my life i say um because i moved around a lot so if i had to put long island on one hand the years that i spent there i say it was about a good 13 14 years and then the rest were spotted from indiana to the bronx i lived in brooklyn and then we settled in Staten Island. How long were you in Indiana for? That must have been a real Indiana was Indiana. See, when you're young, you lose track of time. It seems longer than what it actually was. But I do remember going to school in Indiana for a short period of time. I do remember living there on three different occasions. But it was always it was always something extra to us going to Indiana anyway. This was my mother leaving my father in the middle of the night. So she would go home, which right. was Indiana. Got you. And he'd come and get us. <laughs> he'd come right and get us, boy. So did was your was your mom maybe in a like didn't feel safe or just didn't she was upset? You know what? Or? You know what it was? My father wasn't a abusive dude uh physically. I think it was more mental. Uh you know, when you're when you're in the, when you got a family and they were both young, so I can't blame either one of them for our, our upbringing. They just made a lot of bad decisions. Um but when when you're a young man and you know you you get married young you have kids young but you still have this young man enthusiasm so he was in the streets she met him he was in the streets so she wasn't going to change him at that point in time so my dad would be in the streets to the point where it was almost as if he forgot he had a fucking family at home type of thing so for her it was her survival instincts were kicking and her safe zone was her family. So mm. that's where she would go. But he'd always find us and they'd end up back together again and then separated again. And it was just a cycle with them. You know what I mean? Do you think but she all, would go? Do you, I'm but, sorry. I didn't go ahead. No, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. I just was going to say, do you think that there was a part of her that went back to him because of fear? Was there a sense of security? No. Like, did you ever... No, nah, they got on each other's nerves. Let's put it that way. My mother wasn't no pushover. And she was not abused. Uh, right. She's not the type of woman that could be abused. For her, it was more or less like, my kids cannot grow up in this environment. We're right. gone. That kind of thing. You know what but I mean? But there's a fear of, there, uh, and I don't mean physical abuse, but there's a fear of being alone, right? And there's a fear that, of- That may have played a part, but me being as young as I was, not knowing, I can overanalyze now, but it's not me- I, who am I to judge? But no, at I the end you. of the day, I think that it was more for the for us. This is why she would go back. It was for us, for the kids. And that's right. what kept him looking for us. He wanted his babies, you know. He stole me a couple of times from my mother. <laughs> I used to get stolen. <laughs> what was uh oh, what wow. was that like? What was that like um kind of shifting from 
you know, obviously being raised by your mom and then spending time with your dad was, was there a huge difference in like how your mom did things and how your dad did things? Yeah, of course. I mean, like I said, my father was young. He was about that street life. So when the point in time came where my mother got to a point where it was too hard for her and she needed him to take us on while she went and did what she had to do and build a foundation that we can come back to her. We stayed with him and it was a lot different, a whole lot different. But um, all in all, at the end of the day, um, we our support system wasn't good as it should have been. But it's made us stronger to the point where we don't lean on people too much for support when we know we can do it ourselves. Right. We're and, talking and about myself and my sisters. Right. Um, my How many sisters and, do you have? Two sisters. Okay, gotcha. My mother and father did, I mean, they did the best they could with what they had. My father don't even have a high school education type thing, you know what I mean? My mother, she's a high school graduate, has some um, schooling after that. She was mostly in the... Um, you know, like those kids at those uh, group homes. She was into that social worker type of work. Oh, and uh, yeah, so we were latchkey kids. So for me, being the only boy, it was like eight o'clock in the morning. This is when kids actually played outside, y'all. Eight o'clock in the morning, I was gone, right? And I'm talking about six, seven years old, gone. And I wasn't coming back to the house till like 11, 12 midnight. Used to drive my mom crazy. But after a while, by the time I got to like eight, nine years old, she kind of got used to it, even though she still had the anxiety of did somebody snatch of my course. child. Yeah, of course, because you're her baby. I always popped up to so it got to a point where, okay, shotgun smart enough to know. Don't go with strangers. He always brings his ass home no matter how late he stays out. I've got I love that. Way. So that was your that was your nickname. She called you Shotgun. Yeah, she still called me Shotgun. Why Why did she call you Shotgun? It's just a nickname that stuck with me that one of my father's um, best friends gave me. Huh. I yeah. love I love that. I mean, I'll I would never call you Shotgun. Obviously, you're meth to me, but it's just such a it's just an interesting. You know, I could see you being like this kid that looked like he was shot out of a cannon, like. As soon as like the day broke, you know, you're out like six, seven years old, running, hanging with your friends, playing Scully, playing Ring Alivio, you know, playing Kick the Can, playing whatever you were playing. I, you know what? I was always over somebody else's crib or just playing by myself outside somewhere I found an adventure. I, I had to. I mean, two sisters and shit, that was, it was pains in the asses, you know? And, you know, I was just a boy boy. That's right. all. It's a boy, boy. And I was bad as shit. I'm not going to lie. I got into a lot of things, man. I got a lot of ass whoopings. A lot of ass whoopings. But it makes you, I mean, what do they say? A soft butt makes a hard head? A hard head makes a soft behind. Yes, Right, sir. right, right. So, sure. so, and, but, and, and the one thing you and I have in common also is, you know, I, I, you know, I witnessed a lot with my mom and dad and it defined how I got into my relationship with, with my my wife you met your wife early like high school like did you feel like okay what i'm, I'm not, learning I ain't, from, me, I ain't meet her in high school she just lived oh. right away i knew her for a long time i was real tight with see me and you god was best and um his baby mother tanya me and her i knew i knew them from the block it's, it's just right the way 
it's just one of those things where you you see somebody there there's somebody's little sister all their lives and then one day they just it's like oh shit what? right they're not they're, <laughs> right they're not a little sister no more type thing you know that's what I mean? exactly what happened with me and Chantel I saw her at a party and when I looked at her because you know my my wife's a petite little thing you know I'm six one she's five one and yeah. I remember like we were bogling we were dancing to some like you know. No, no, no. Right, exactly. Boom. No, and she it turned is, around it and she and and I'm like, oh wait a minute. Wait a minute, yeah. hold on. I'm I might be looking at this whole thing wrong. <laughs> I might have to like really show a move right here. And the thing was, my wife knew that I had, you know, anytime I stepped into the Latin quarter or rooftop. I had another bad one with me. You know what I mean? Like I always had a bad one with me. Right. So she didn't trust me as far as she could throw me, you know? Mm. Um, but when I made my commitment to her, you know, that was that. And, you know, one of the things I think that's so amazing to you is that, you know, you met your girl from around the way. You knew who she was. You knew what she was, right? Like you had mm. seen all of that and you could trust her with you being you. You could be shotgun. It didn't matter if you became Method Man, it didn't matter what you became in life. You knew yeah. her, she knew you, and you could build this trust. Yeah. I see the point. It's like unconditional, you know what I mean? Because it's, right. it's, it's not even like rolling the dice because nobody even knows what your aspirations are at that point in time. They just no. know that they, they feel you for who you are and you feel them for who they are. And right. I mean, if one of you blow up, so be it. It's like, oh shit, we right. roll. We got and exactly, and that's exactly you right. I mean? and, and, and did she... <laughs> When she saw, because I remember, I mean, I still have the cassette of Protect Your Neck. I have the original. Was there a moment when you were in the studio with the guys where after everything was recorded and everything was done, where you felt like, okay, this is going to be some shit? Like, nope. Let me just stop no you right there. This, this yes, was, um, I was recording while we were on the road because RZA lost all of the information in the flood. Um if you research the history, uh, while Wu-Tang was on tour for our first LP, Into the 36, I was recording my first LP for Def Jam. Um, in the midst of us on tour, there was a flood in RZA's basement. He lost all of the beats, info, everything got just, you know, all the discs. That's when you had discs and dats and shit like that. All that shit fucked up. So he had to pretty much make everything from scratch on the road again. Now, as far as recording, nobody was in my sessions recording. That's why if you heard a feature on there, they happened to come to the studio that night as opposed to going to bed from the promo we did all that day. You know what I mean? Like Inspector Deck. I think Deck, yeah, Deck is on there and Raekwon is on there, but we recorded that Met vs. Chef during the first album, I think, in the 36. But let me get back on topic. Um, recording was more or less just me and RZA. Now, the song, you know, that was I, that was my thing anyway, as far as if you check my resume, whenever I write about females, I can go a little bit more in depth or, or, or talk directly to them the way other artists can't. And I, and I attribute mm -hmm. that to having two sisters growing up in a household full of, uh, of women. You know what I mean? I kind mm -hmm. of um, get it. Actually, I want to play you something. I, I want maybe you remember the song or not. But can 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 we play this? Uh, can we play this record that uh, that uh, Meth made with Mary J. Blige? I don't know if you remember this record or not. I I, I don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Um, 
Mm -hmm. I just want to play a little bit of it and just catch a vibe. Pumice, I'm going to need you to be playing music, by the way. Just FYI. This is my producer, Pumice, Meth. Good dude. He's a really good dude. Um, He's a little short right now, but, you know, he's he's doing his thing. Uh, I got you. But but I always wanted to know, like, was that dedicated to your to your wisdom? Like, did you make yeah, that record? Yeah, they, everybody know that. I mean, but I didn't honestly. That, I didn't but, know that. Like, I honestly, I didn't know that because I wasn't that connected to you like that. Like, and I didn't. Obviously, between you know, ice cream and yeah. See, the premise. I mean, the premise speaks for itself. But in the, but in the long run. Yeah, it, 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 it gets received a whole hell of a lot better when you personalize it, you know what I'm saying? So absolutely, it was written for her, you know what and I mean? But we don't put, but I don't like, I don't put too much emphasis on me and her relationship, because like I said, I'm an introvert. I like to keep some things personal, and I know that it's real when it's not up underneath the public guy or up underneath public scrutiny. Right. You understand right. what I'm saying? Yeah, but, no, and and it's and it's a private not only is it a private matter, your relationship, but it's also how you maintain that relationship is yeah, an extremely but it's also private me, matter. It's also me following her wishes. Maybe she don't want people in her business. So, you know, that's why it's it's mm-hmm. it's both it's it's a dual type of thing, but I know that that record is there to show and prove where we at with it. it we, we don't have to prove that to anybody right. else. Yeah. Such a great vibe. Did you write the lyrics to this in the studio? Did you know what you were walking into yeah. when you heard the beat? Yeah, I wrote this in, um, matter of fact, I wrote this in the Grafton Hotel in L.A. <laughs> so wait, so so the beats were brought to you in the hotel? No, nah, Rizzo had to make those beats on the fly. He had all his equipment with him. We were staying at the Grafton, and we were doing promo in L.A., living at the Grafton Hotel, which was the Sunset Boulevard Hotel, I believe, then. No, Sunset Plaza Hotel, right next to the Mondrian. Oh, I know I know exactly. You I know exactly yo. what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> As we used to call it, the Hollywood Riot Hotel. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, that's an... I mean, again, I love these stories. I love the connection between how the culture just kind of is always there right like some artists especially you you know in the day like 80s and 90s you know rock artists they had to find a studio right they had to bring equipment meaning guitars and drums and bass and pumice you can kill that and they had to bring all of these um things you know and to create a vibe you just needed literally a beat whether it's you know a beat that was either program right there in the hotel room. Right. I mean, you don't even need a mic half the time, right? Like, yeah, well, see, ignorance is bliss, man. When you love it for the love of it and you're not even noticing that, oh, shit, I can get paid for this shit. It's, it's just something pure about that shit right there, man, because you coming, I mean, you're coming from the soul, from the heart. You know, it's, it's not tampered with right there. You know, if you can do a... Let's say you do a show at an arena and you and I mean, you go out there just to kill the show in the back of your head. It's like you forget that you actually get paid to do this shit because you love doing it so much that when you look in your account and you see the money, it's like, oh, shit, when did I get? Oh, that's right. I did. Wow. Right. And, And that really becomes that part of it. 
that makes it so gratifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of of music, I want to play you another song. I don't know if you remember this song. Um, Just, uh, we're just going to go into it and just. Sorry for being late too, because you know, y'all had me confused. I called the the other number at three o'clock New York time. He meant three o'clock. You know, West Coast time. So then I'm like, okay, it's two o'clock now. I don't hear nothing. So I, I ain't heard nothing. I ain't right. seen nothing. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's two o'clock West Coast time. But okay, we here now. Remember the song? I don't. I don't know if you remember this. this, this it's starting to come back to me. Mm. Okay. That's what I got. Right. More noise than heavy metal. The way I make the crowd go. Wow, sit back, relax, won't smile. Ray, Ray got it going on, pal. Me, the rap, the rap, right, so when, so again, so I, and this is me personally, and and Pumice, you can kill this real quick because I really want Meff to hear this. To me, mm-hmm. Inspector Deck is one of the most underrated MCs of all time. Facts. Facts. Is it because? INS is another person that's not out there like that. Is it because he just kind of just plays the low? Like, what do you think is that part of, because there's so many components to INS's rhyme flow, his intricacies, the way he plays with his words, but he's not you, he's not Ray, he's not Tony, you know what I'm saying? I I think a lot of uh, um, the... uh appeal to deck is if you if remember back in the days where you know before videos and you heard an mc you had to kind of think like you you never knew what they looked like right all you could focus on was the words i think if deck came in that era right there where all they could focus on is the words and not the spectacle of what's going on around him he would have blew up much more than what he did and the fact that he uh interview wise he chose to step back and let other brothers do the talking and he did the action part of it you know what i mean which kind of worked for you know as far as his persona because he's very well respected but when you think of wu-tang honestly his name doesn't come up first but when you think iconic verses his name is coming up first you know what I mean? As far as Wu-Tang's catalog goes, Iconic Versus, his name is either coming up first, second, or third. So it kind of boggles the mind, but I grew up with Deck, so I knew Deck was nice for the longest, the same way I know Cap is nice, people fronting on Cap and shit. But Cap, Cap damn near taught all of us how to rhyme and shit. He was doing that way back before we even started thinking about fucking rhyming. You know what I mean? Really? What, yeah. what, tell me that tell me that story so cap was cap um damn when i first started hanging my first dude i started hanging with was chef chef was my best friend so you know he would bring me in a staircase and these niggas was doing these rhymes and shit you know and and I was just amazed that people my age, we only like 12 years old. These niggas is rhyming like professionals. I'm like, well, damn, these, <laughs> this shit is incredible. And um, But it was always one dude whose rhymes they was always saying. And it was OG shit. Kappa, uh, Lord CD. What was we calling him then? What was we calling him then? We was calling him something else. I forgot. Original. 
That's what he's calling him. Kappa's, so Kappa, so Kappa's, but that wasn't his name. That was just what you guys called him. You called him. No, original. that was his name. He, he was righteous. His name was Original God, and we used to call oh. him OG. We used to call him OG before niggas was saying OG on the East Coast. Before right. we even heard them saying that on the West Coast. So then he used to tag on the walls, and OG, uh, um, Original went from OG to the capital O. Capital O. Okay, now we're doing capital O. Capital O went to Cap. Cap turned into Kappa. Kappa, when Ray came out with the only bill for Cuban links, links that's right? where the Cappuccino and Cappadonna came from. Got you. You Got know you. what I mean? But A1, uh, matter of fact, lounging low. Ah, oh, shit. Cap was always, he always had a pen and paper in his hand. He always dressed fly since we was little niggas. Um, and he always rhymed and he always had a radio in his hand. Just the epitome of what the fuck hip hop is, man. You know, but back to Inspector Deck. Deck, I think, and this is fucked up to say in a way, but I don't think they're going to appreciate Deck till Deck gone. Mm. Seriously. And they're going to hear that shit and be like, why in the fuck didn't we get this nigga his roses now? So I'm giving him his roses now. Deck, top five, dead or alive. Fuck y'all, baby, motherfucker. Who are, who, are the, who, are the, who are the other in your top five, dead or alive? Nobody. Deck, 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 and fucking deck. Fuck that. Dylon, 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 Dylon. And that's for the day. My shit may change in the future, but right now, all five is deck. Top, Top five, five. Dylon, 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 Dylon. Check deck, deck, deck. Yo, that let me tell you something. That is, that is, that is hip hop history right there. Um, God, I got so many questions I want to ask you, but I and I don't want to keep you much longer. But I do want to ask. I got to go about fucking the, do it all, doing like ten minutes. But I got okay. you, sir. I, brother, I will, I will let you do your thing. But I, I do want to ask you about you and and red um how did how did that pivot happen because to me again and this is again just me as a fan Mm -hmm. that to me seemed like it could go on forever and i tell people this all the time you know and maybe they don't realize it and maybe it's just me being like a hip-hop nerd but when we were coming out right like you know, 87, 94. The difference between us, and I'm talking about Tribe Called Quest, Public Enemy, Wu-Tang, Nas, Big E, mm-hmm. you know, um, Black Sheep, all of that, and Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, is that when they were in their prime, they had six, 700 radio stations playing them 80 times a week. Yeah. We, we, we didn't have any. I mean, we had not. We just had Mr. Magic, Mr. Magic, and Red Alert, and that was and Red Alert and Chuck Chill Out, Chuck Chuck Chill Out, Chill Out, right? Two days, and then we had Friday and Saturday, and WNYU. Oh, WBAU, don't don't BAU, no, right? BAI. Yeah, we had we we had um, you know, Vandy C and Bill Blass. Yeah, Brooklyn. Oh wow, you brought me back, Bill Blass. But that's it. Like we didn't have regular rotation. You know, like Red Alert had to squeeze in like sixty records in an hour. Yes, so if you see, heard but, one but, verse. Yeah. Yeah. And right? that was saying a lot. That's why it was a right. lot of, and New York was, this is why 
that this is why you gotta pay homage to where the shit started at in New York because we grinded this shit so fucking hard, man. I'll yeah. give you a prime example. When I was when I when I got sent to Indiana when I was about 13, 14, because my moms couldn't take the shit no more, just wanted to send my ass away. I brought I I, I didn't have any music out there. I'm in Indiana. The only hip hop they got, I shit you not, was Run DMC's Raising Hell. Was it Raising Hell? No, it was before no, it was yeah, it was Raising Hell. Tougher than Run leather DMC, or raising hell. One, one of those the where it was right. tricky and all that shit on there. So that's raising hell. The Beastie Boys. Right. And the Fresh Prince. You didn't hear any and that wasn't getting played on the radio. This is what the kids had. Right. Right? Wow. Back home Ultra Magnetic MCs, mm. uh, fucking Stetsasonic, yeah. right. all these fucking records. JVC I'm Force, uh, J Mighty JVC Force. Oh, all these. Sir I Boo, Sir I Kim Divine Force. What? I'm poor righteous teachers. All this shit, and this is why hip hop took so long to get to some of these other areas it was already relevant in texas texas is big they was already yeah. doing their own fucking thing out there for mm -hmm. fucking years it's just that the boundaries were they probably had the same thing that we had Rad not even radio well certain radio disc jockeys and people of that ilk mm -hmm. playing the music but it was just there yeah you know what DOC, i mean same doc in was in the fila fresh crew and ah, you know what i'm yeah, and he had Deuce Yeah, and then you go and, down to Miami, same thing with Luke and them. Except and, they had their own genre of music. Where we fucked up at, being that it started here, was we trying to tell these niggas, y'all ain't doing it right. That's exactly it's right. It's not that way. Who MC are we to say Shy D and, right. Yes, yes. But who are Yo, we to say we what hip-hop was supposed to be? Because we created the shit. I get it. And, but and, in and order for when you grow. have that, but when, but no, but Mef, but when you have that, it's mine. It's hard to then say, I can let it go. I get it. Because we had nothing. I get it. We legitimately had nothing. And when you and, and, and Red came out in 96, 97, now there's every state in the nation has a rap mm -hmm. station. <laughs> yeah. So they're hearing you, they're hearing Missy, they're hearing Nas, yeah. they're hearing Jay-Z, they're yeah. hearing uh, Busta, they're hearing the Hot Boys. You know, and, and to me, that was like, oh my God, Meth and Red are about to be the biggest duo of all time because I was doing radio promotion at Def Jam. Yeah, at wow, yeah. So I was working DMX, I was working Drew Hill, I was working all of that. But was there a different, like, okay, so you had to, you know, Wu-Tang, one of my favorite memories of all time, Summer Jam, Hot 97. Yeah. Triumph comes out. RZA says, Hot 97, where hip-hop dies. It's one of the greatest <laughs> moments for me in the history of hip-hop. He's oh, just man. shitting on the station. This is where hip-hop yeah. dies. Yeah. They ain't playing real shit. Yeah. Tracy Clarity cuts all that shit off. Yeah. ODB goes up in there, is going to kill her. She's hiding under a desk. Yeah. I mean, all of that. But now, you... And Red become, I mean, like you were the biggest duo in hip hop. At a at a point in time, it was it felt like that, but like I said, uh, you can never count out your counters. Yeah, you, I mean, you can never count out your peers because, in my opinion, some of the greatest duos, unsung duos, music still holds up today. 
And I'm talking about people like Houdini, mm-hmm. EPMD, mm-hmm. shit, Divine Force. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, my God. Right? I'm saying. And, and, yo, the fresh three MCs. Divine Styles. I mean, yeah, come on. I'm saying all this shit. Pumpkin and the All Stars. And they're not, and, and it's like when people, People only want to trace hip hop history back to a certain point in time. And everybody wants to claim, okay, this is this is the godfather, or this is the father, or this, that, and the third. But it was so many different pieces on that chessboard that made that whole game That's fucking exactly work, right. man. You know? Exactly and somebody right. and somebody from up top went down down there with a tape, and those motherfuckers loved every bit of it, but, but was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think we can do it a little bit different. And us being purists, who we are, saying, okay, it's not supposed to be done that way. We the gatekeepers. We don't want them to think this is the only kind of hip hop you post to get. Right. We put our thumb on it. Uh-huh. And then all they did was grow grow bigger and grow and, and grow, grow larger. Us. But yeah. then, but then see, we had people like yourself and other people calling out certain artists that you knew were not doing it for the right reasons mm-hmm. not to play not to call rob out or anything but vanilla ice for instance mm-hmm. he had that shit coming and people if we didn't speak up because he was on such a high plateau nobody would have heard the static noise and it would have been a hundred more vanilla ices like that and and that was and what people didn't realize when we made pop goes the weasel we want the reason we went to pop radio Mm. And we do Pop Goes the Weasels because we would tell the program directors, hey, play a Tribe Called Plus, play Black Sheep. Because you're right. 91, bro. 91. Yeah. Play Queen Latifah. Why aren't you playing Queen Latifah? Why aren't you playing De La Soul? Why aren't you playing Public Enemy? Why aren't you playing Black Sheep? Why aren't you playing? And all these white right. people would go, ha, 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 Let's play Pop Goes the Weasel. White guy. You know, and we're like, yo, what the fuck is up with right. like all of this great hip hop? Right. You know? Speaking See, of great hip hop, don't understand. This is what I wanted to tell people about Flex. See, Flex, you heard the history. Dude goes back to the '80s with it, like mm-hmm. early to mid '80s with it, man. And mm-hmm. he's gonna—he's not speaking from a, a color boundary or anything like that. He's speaking up for a genre of music that he's yeah. loved since he was a little kid. Matter of fact, I bet Search is spray painted on his mama's womb. You yeah, let he me tell you something. Search. Funkmaster Flex's first freestyle MC when he went live on the air was me. Wow. Hot 97 when Joel Sokowitz gave him his first shot to do his own show, 6 to 10. The first MC to freestyle live was me. I want to, before you go, I got a hot new producer I want to put you up on. Okay. He lives in your area. His name is TG. He's a hot. Yo, what's young, up, John Blaze? What's up? What's up, Serge? What's going on, man? Um, what's up? This dude lives right in your area. He lives yo, yo. the block. Yeah, oh on my God! Here, man. Hey, what's hey, up, Johnny? Yo, Johnny Blaze. My rhymes they fucking amaze. Yo, TG, I'm in the place. Yo, I don't need you in vain. It's green with the Patty Raider man. Now I'm rocking the shit. Check it. So, Matt, Tom Green is now a producer. I, I see. Guys, I love you, Tom. I love you, man. That was Tom, hot. that was hot fire, hot yeah, fire, brother. So, Tom is uh, now producing tracks. Yeah. yeah, just throwing some beats down here, you know, with the uh, hot nickels. You know, 
Third base got my third base t-shirt on. We're kicking it. This is some of that Ottawa hip hop, man. I like Ottawa hip hop. I love it. I like what you say about how like people innovated and other parts of the world. Fucking Ottawa shit right here. Yo, Ottawa, hey. Ottawa, I got okay. it. I got okay. it. Go Swiss and Tim. I got the next versus battle. Tom Green yeah, yeah, yeah. and Jesus. Yes. Okay. That, that, that's, <laughs> I think that's what it is. Matt, thank you. Thank you so much, Matthew, brother. Matt. Thank you. I mean, brother, I could talk to you literally Please. all day. But <laughs> I mean, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your energy. But more importantly, thank you for what you've contributed to this culture as an actor, as an entertainer. And I know... You're no longer an MC. You're no longer a rapper. You are an entertainer. That's yes, what it sir. says on your passport. Yes, so sir. thank you for entertaining us. And, and I really hope you'll come back to the show so that we can talk about your acting career, talk about Anytime. all anything else you want to talk about. Anytime. Tom is so fucking annoying. I love that. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary METHOD man. Yes, sir. All right, we're gonna let meth. We're gonna let meth go. Uh, that beat is crazy, by the way. Yeah, that beat is crazy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think. I Yo, man, that was a great, great conversation, man. Let's go. Nah, Let's thank you. I, 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 I gotta tell, I gotta tell you, I could have kept him here all day. I yeah, can't man, believe was, we had him on. I mean, it was almost an hour, and I mean, it was almost an hour, and it felt like it was ten minutes. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just amazing. Yeah, it was dope, man. I was just here in the studio making beats and shit, getting my, getting my fucking beat on and shit, you know, and I'm fuck, oh, that doesn't sound right. Get my beat on. That doesn't sound right. And I'm, I'm listening to you guys talking about hip hop and it was just fucking, it was classic, man. Classic. Well, I'm looking forward to the um, Search Parsons Green project that we're going to Oh my together. God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rocket Parsons, MC Search. TG and yo, I'm rocking my fly third base. Swag. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, that, man. man. And I appreciate that. And uh, I will definitely get at you after Shabbos, bro. So uh, I will talk yeah, to you Shabbos. soon, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, us fellow Jews, man. You know, we got to rock. We got to rock the Jew shit to the fullest, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sir. I don't know how to say this, man. I wanted to say something. Because last week when I called in, when you were talking to John Cryer, wait, I can't, I can't hear you over the music. But last week, last week when you called in, you said something like that with with me and John Cryer, and I just wanted to. I don't want to. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> no, sir. I mean. Oh my god, you're fucking crazy, bro. You're fucking crazy. That's hysterical. <laughs> Tom Green's not Jewish. That's funny. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Um wow, Tom Green's not Jewish. What a fucking kidder. What a kidder.
Anyway, um... Yeah, I'm Canadian. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm from Ottawa. (laughs) Whatever, dude. All right, man. I love you, bro. (laughs) I'll talk to you after Shabbos. Shabbat Shalomi, homie.